All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Man, the only person happier that the Oilers have won five straight than Jason is his wife. Welcome to the DFO Rundown Podcast with Frank Saravalli and Jason Greger on dailyfaceoff.com. Wow, maybe. You could be right. Uh, <laughs> welcome to episode 260 of the DFO Rundown brought to you by Botano.ca. The game starts now, 19+. plus. Please play responsibly. And man, they got odds on everything, Frank. Of course, uh, NHL action. You have uh, Thursday Nighter in football. Uh, the upcoming, if you want to go to the NCAA playoffs. And even for Tyler Yaremchuk, who is feverishly updating the odds every day on where Shohei Otani will go. They even have the odds on that between the Jays, the Dodgers, pretty much the front runners, and a few others. So check it out at Botano.ca. An entire country's hopes rest on Shohei Otani's decision. Well, you know what? The, the entire country and the state of California have essentially the same population number of occupants. Yeah. So, yeah. you know what? Hey, maybe maybe it's maybe it's uh, legit that they're... But they uh, could going. be splitting it in half because I thought he really liked the San Francisco Giants, too. And visited yeah. them already. Hey, you never know, man. You never know. Now, um, as far as the... Uh, the bet? The, the, wa- the wager. Yes, it's... Uh, I'll tell you, it's like a get out of jail free card. It feels like now I've never it, been. It's in like jail. the Leafs getting off of John Klingberg. Kind of yeah, like that. yeah. Well, you know what? No, I bet you I feel better. Um, <laughs> I don't know about that. I, yeah. I don't know. Brad Tree yeah. Living probably feels some measure of relief today. I can tell you that. Sure. Well, I guess their decision was somewhat self-inflicted, similar to myself. But 
Mine was like, at least when they signed John Klingberg, people thought there was a chance maybe he could help you. I'm not sure anybody knew his hip was this bad, but uh, for when you make just a, a self-inflicted idiotic wager, basically against yourself with no possible positive outcome, you know what? Uh, I was well, watching the game last night. and There was a who, possible positive outcome, just FYI. The well, Oilers I guess, yeah, could the have just beaten the, the Sharks, which they, they were, what, minus 450, minus 475 to do? Yeah, I mean, sure. Yeah. Well, the worst part was like, I don't even cheer for the team, but I was just like, it was an off the cuff comment that, you know, basically it was like dropping a, a deuce right in my own mouth. Like it wasn't oh, ideal. Jesus. And, um, but I'll do tell you, you, Frank, do you the, have a um, date now? Do you know? Like, so now it's oh, shaved dude, down for, to three months. What's the date? Right. February 10th, baby. I can't Ooh. wait. That's still like, kind of, that's still kind of a long way to go. Well, it is a long way, that's but yeah, two yes, more it, months. It's nine weeks from today. Exactly. And uh, I can't wait. Like, I'll tell you, like watching last night was um, I was cheering like when Rod Brindamore's uh, interview, I was like dying laughing because I was like, oh, my because Carolina usually beats up on the orders for fun. And uh, I thought the uh, four game winning streak caveat was there to just kick me in the nuts multiple times over six months. So it was no. a, it was a relief. So uh, only having to grow the hair out for three months instead of six months is. It's it's borderline orgasmic, Frank. I'm not going to lie. It's why I'm wearing shades today. Uh, you know, a little bit, a um, little bit hurting. I had an internal celebration, so it's nice. Oh, yeah. Okay. There's a lot to unpack there. Let's move on to uh, the Oilers are back. Wow. Yeah. No, the Oilers are playing very well. Like, uh, although the Carolina Hurricanes, like Rod Brindamore, I don't like. Obviously, he was on. For anybody who didn't know in Canada, but on the TNT broadcast, Rod Brindamore, <laughs> we might lose fifteen nothing. <laughs> We're the worst team I've ever seen. And you know what? I, I respect his honesty. The other thing I respect, Frank, is usually those are pre-planned, as you know, right? They ask before the game. Lots of times someone will bow out when you're getting your uh, butt handed to you like they are. You so actually, actually can't. It's in the NHL rules. If you Oh, really? If you skip your designated national TV coaching interview, you get fined. Oh, okay. Because yeah. uh I know because I, Panger was talking to people afterwards. Like you know, he's seen guys that maybe you know, maybe that was in the past. So maybe know, they don't press the issue, being? but it actually maybe says it, it in the in the regs that oh, all okay. coaches must do it on bench interviews, or else you get fined. Okay. Well, yeah. No, I get it. And uh, but maybe they would switch to the other coach. You know what I mean? So who knows? But either way, it. Uh, you know, I applaud him. The Hurricanes were were not very good. Edmonton, the first shift though, they had their legs after a five day break. Twice in 41 seconds. Yeah. That I was, mean, uh, could, that, that part was the most surprise. I figured they'd wade into the game, that they'd be the better team toward the end, not necessarily blow their doors off in the first couple minutes. And the Canes just can't get a stop, man. The, like their goaltending is, is their biggest question mark by a country mile. Well, I wrote about it, Frank, on the uh, on my game notes that I do every game, and I had calculated every team. I removed all the empty net goals just to see it, and Carolina was dead last. And so it got actually worse last game. They came in at 876 for the goaltender's combined save percentage, and now it's worse, right? And their best goalie, Freddie Anderson, now he's only played six games, he has the 897. The other two ran to... And uh, Coach Ketkoff, like they're both. What happened to Coach Ketkoff, man? Oh, do you think they're well, feeling like, any differently about this four-year contract that they signed him to? I know two million a year isn't a crazy number, but it's not something you can bury in the minors without penalty. 
Yeah. Wow. You know, and, and the other thing, like Rod said the other day, like Freddie Anderson, unfortunately, you know what? They just can't rely on him. He's always hurt at, uh, at key times. And, you know, the blood clots are extremely serious and it's not like a, a groin pull that's chronic or anything like that. It's, it's really unfortunate and anti-ranta, but I'd make the argument, Frank, that, you know, them rolling back with the same three goalies, that injuries have been an issue now for three Right. Years. It's not like it was a secret that both Ranta and Anderson have struggled to stay healthy. There's a reason they had used Kochetkov so much, and there's a reason they signed him to a four-year deal. Mm-hmm. They figured this would be the transition year, you know, between those two guys and whatever happens next. Yeah. So, yeah, they got... You know, there's lots of talk about Edmonton needing a goalie, and I, you know, they definitely need got to figure out their backup situation. But Stuart Skinner's found his game. He's got a 9.43 in the lot in this five game winning streak, and it helps when your defense is more predictable in front of you. Their penalty kill has been infinitely better. But you know, Stuart Skinner was a good goalie last year, and he had a bad start. And you know, guys will have eight nine game stretches of bad hockey as a goalie during the course of a year. But when it happens in December and January, it's just never magnified as much, right? Like everything looks infinitely worse when you do it out of the gate, but it doesn't mean it is any less worse. Like it was a terrible start for the goalies. It was a terrible start for the defense. It was a terrible start for the offense, right? Like, well, that was the thing. They couldn't outrun their mistakes. And now they've been able to do that by virtue of how much like, McDavid was unreal before the five day break, but now after it, I mean, it's, it's insane. Uh, he was very good last night. The The third line was maybe their that best the, line. The Hyman goal, the last one, the third one to complete yeah, yeah. the hat trick. Just, yeah, it, was it was, it was legit video game mode. Yeah. Honestly, of all, the, of all the sequences that McDavid has had that have gone viral. That's my favorite non goal that he scored that he's put up. <laughs> Yeah, no, he is, he, he is, and it's, it's funny though, because he was a little nicked up, nothing crazy, but even the best player in the world had some slight confidence issues early on. And then once he scored in Florida, once he scored on that one timer, Frank, everything changed for him. And he's, um, I he agree been- with you that confidence was an issue, but in talking to people around the Oilers, they suggested he was not much more than 50% for a stretch of time. Yeah, they said wow. they estimated him to be at 55%. So for those like six, for basically a stretch of five games yeah. after the injury. Yep. Now that oh, if it uh, wasn't the heritage classic probably wouldn't have come back. And then once yeah, he was no. back, knew the spot the team was in and felt like he had to keep going because let's face it. Connor McDavid at 55% is better than 96% of the rest of the league. Yeah, no, it's very true. So, no, the orders like, and, and hey, the orders have to win because you've got the Arizona Coyotes absolutely on fire. They can't lose, and the Nashville Predators are winning. So, all these teams that, you know, we're, we're all struggling now, there's some teams going. Now, Anaheim, of course, and Seattle have uh, continued to struggle. And, um, you know, you look how many games played Seattle already has. I think they're in, they're in trouble. But, um, C- Calgary, I don't, I don't know where they're going, Frank, to be honest. Um, they're, they're still kind of stuck in the muck, but it looks like Nashville. Arizona and Edmonton are the three teams that are, have at least emerged to battle what about many for a well, while. Many too. Yes, of course. Many, They've won four in a row. They've gotten the coach bump and now they're yeah. what five. They're five points out of a playoff spot with one game in hand. Yeah, no, I forgot. I mean, the they're right teams. back in it. Yeah, no, they're right back in it. And uh, even if you look at uh, like Arizona is only two points back in minutes of uh, Winnipeg and three points back at Dallas all of a sudden. 
right? Like it's it's really tightened up from second to sixth in the central is only uh, five points. And that doesn't include Minnesota. So Minnesota wins their game in hand. And none of, of them are burners. Like the Coyotes are kind of, they're not comfortably in a playoff spot, but no, they're only 583 points percentage for the season. Yeah, no, none of like, them have, have we're, we're talking usually the usual pace to get in. So right now what we're looking at for a pace is the last playoff spot, 93 points will get you in. Guaranteed. Yeah, which is which is fine. Right? It, yeah, no, it's fine. But what I'm saying is no one's lighting the world on fire, which no, is why but- if you're in mini or or look if if you're the Oilers. I mentioned the threshold, the sort of minimum required. They needed to be 500 by 41 games. They needed 41 points in 41 games. They're going to be over 500 before Christmas. Yeah, well, they've got a very favorable schedule coming up as far as travel goes and everything like that. They Tons of home it. games. They just had yeah. a layoff like Stuart Skinner. Now he looks, he's got, what, a 943 in his last number of games. He's got some rest. They don't have to make a call quite yet on Jack Campbell. They can wait. But I, it's it's not just the Oilers that I think can make a run. I think the doors cracked wide open for Minnie or Calgary or whoever else to get right back in it. Well, Minnie for sure. Um, Calgary, I don't know where they're at. Like right now, Nashville and, and Arizona are playing way better than Calgary is, right? Um, but they're like to me. Anaheim is out. I, I think that was inevitable. And, and I, honestly, Frank, I haven't seen anything from Seattle thought, uh, Seattle crack, and that's going to make me believe that they're going to be able to rewrite their ship. So I, I look at it, um, you know, the teams that are in, plus Arizona, St. Louis, Nashville, Calgary, Mini, and Edmonton. So it's down to a few teams less battling for those wildcard spots. That's how so, I view it today. So we were talking a couple weeks ago about the Oilers and, and needing to make a trade for a goalie. Skinner has changed that conversation. But if you're the Kraken, or if you are pick another team that's in the mix, do you, do you have to do something? You're, you're Carolina. So I cr- was crunching the numbers while you were talking. When you take Anderson's save percentage out of that 874, 876, there are other two guys, Ranta and Kochetkov, are at 866. Oh, I know. So should there be some urgency there? If you're Carolina or Seattle or another team that is hinging a lot on your goaltending that can't, that can't hack it. Well, I I think some teams, Frank, up until the Elvis Merzlikens injury announcement in Columbus with Tarasov coming back, I think some might've just said, okay, we'll claim Spencer Martin on waivers for nothing. And, you know, give, give that a shot. Right, like Carolina had brought in Halak earlier, so I think they're definitely uh, are are considering. But they don't want to spend, and it's not money. They don't want to spend assets. Well, that's why Spencer Martin was perfect. Right, it would have cost you nothing. You just bring him in and and see what happens. So, uh, because honestly, I think they look and say, as you you outlined the numbers, Frank, like you could get almost any goalie, and you think they might play better. But which goalies realistically do you see as ones that a team would trade right now today? I'd be all over James Reimer. That's yeah. my guy. Yeah, okay. I just think the acquisition cost, cap hit, reliability, experience. When you have two other goalies in your lineup in Billy Huso and Alex Lyon has played great the last bit here, 
why wouldn't you just continue on with those two and recoup an asset for Reimer? You don't well, need three. No, it, it would make sense for sure. And you know, but what would the, the, would the Red Wings do the Canes a favor? Wow, that's you know they're they're in their you know, Calgary and Vancouver just made a trade, right? And they're in the same division, never mind the same conference. So um, you know, I, I could see the it. goals are different, though. I think at least in the sh- in the long term. I think they're trending in different directions in terms of where they're at in the standings. Well, at some point the flames are going to pluck off more pieces, right? Yes. I just think, I think it's, it's possible for Calgary to do both things at the same time with how weak assets. Yeah. Well, with how weak this wild card race is, to to begin to trade away some pending unrestricted free agents and at the same time get useful NHL players back that aren't just picks. Or take well, those assets and flip them. Yeah, you're talking the uh, the Vancouver Bo Horvat strategy, right? So, um, yeah, I don't uh, – I'm not opposed to it. If I was the Calgary Flames, the, uh, you know what? You, you can make deals. We've seen that uh, – Patrick Alvin has shown us this season that, uh, you know, trades are possible if you want to. He's go the only them. one. Yeah. He's made five out of the last eight trades in the NHL. No. That's a crazy stat. Yeah, it is crazy. And they're wheeling and dealing and good for them. It's why I, they're in, a, in the spot that they're in. Look at it. They've turned over four of their six defensemen in a nine month span. Yeah. That's a crazy number for a team that. I think they owe almost all their success to that change right there. Speaking of the Canucks, do you see them in the Ethan Bear sweepstakes? Like, does does signing Bear Are we make calling any it sense? a sweepstakes? Right, that's probably the wrong word. I, I'm I'm kidding, but I do think they're in the mix for sure. I like I think another team that makes a lot of sense is Toronto. I, I think the Leafs are really in tough right now because I think Toronto not to, you know, compare directly, but what Toronto is facing with the injuries that they have is kind of a lot of what Vancouver was looking at last year and why they didn't make the playoffs. When you, I'm going to keep beating this drum until, until I'm blue in the face that if you are dressing repeatedly replacement level fringe NHL defenseman in your lineup and doing it all like not just repeatedly, but multiple times a night you're in big trouble. And it's, it's not to disparage anyone, but like this is the, the stone cold fact, Connor Timmons, Simone Benoit and William Lagason and Lagason has been pretty good. That's not the makings of a contending team. If those three are three of your six. Uh, I, I think tree Levin has to make a move, Frank, and it has to make a move now. Like you, I don't care. You look at, you know, you got uh, Giordano's on IR. Klinberg's now out for the season on LTIR. You got the uh, Timothy uh, Lilligren's on LTIR. Like you obviously we all and knew Lilligren's they- getting close, but still yeah. he's not coming in to be a savior. All he's doing is taking one sort of replacement level player out. Exactly. So you, 
you know, I, I get that Toronto's, hey, you know, there's not many trades in November, December. And that is true. There aren't many trades. And they but, don't really want to spend assets on a rental. But I think allowing this to continue to fester is going to be their undoing because they don't have a firm grip on a playoff spot. They're back of, of the teams in the, that are leading their division. And more than that, they're going to continue to run into the same problem night after night, which is there's only so much your goalies can bail you out when that's the way you're playing in your own end. Yeah. They need help. Oh, and dude, I don't discount it. I, 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 but it's not one piece. They need three. <laughs> you might be able to get by with adding two, but like, look at what the Canucks did. Heronic, Susie, Cole, and then now they added in Zadarov. Yeah. Those are four. I don't like, regardless of where you think they slot on the one to six scale in your lineup. Those are four legitimate NHL defensemen. Yeah, I'm still, I'll be honest, Frank, when I look at the money that they spent on some defensemen, I'm still perplexed as to why Detroit, who, who was finally coming out of it, felt the need to trade Veronica. Now, obviously, he's an RFA, you know, so maybe they were just like, okay, this guy's going to jump up to seven mil, and so we don't want to do it. So, you know, maybe they had the foresight to, to get out from it a year earlier, right? And I think because, that's part of it. You know, and like I don't I think at, that number starts with a seven, by the way. Well, you think it's going to be higher? Yes. He's on, he's on track for 80 points. True, but is this, like, look at his career stats to this point. He's north of a point. He's north of a half. He entered this year north of a half point per game. Over 300 games, right? Yeah. Well, that's that. So 40 points, Frank, to 80 is a pretty significant difference. Right. And so let's say he ends up at 70. Just to like, you're thinking it's going to come down a bit, right? Yeah. It's still going to be really expensive. He's playing 24 minutes and 30 seconds a night. And he has Arbrights. What's a, yeah. what's a one year Arb award? With with uh, seventy points and twenty four minutes and thirty seconds a night, it's north of seven. Yeah, like that. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. Thing. I'm just broadcasting, and it's no news for Canucks fans that it's not going to be cheap. Yeah, like it. And and I don't think that's the only reason why they ended up making the trade. I no. it, it, I I how much could the Canucks use Philip Ronick right now? Or not the Canucks, oh. the Red Wings. Yeah, yeah. No, he's been he's been excellent. But I just look at Quinn Hughes makes seven point eight five for the for the next three years, and I get the caps going up. But Quinn Hughes is one of the elite. I just I don't see how they could have him heroic making more when he's had one good year, right? Like the other years, you're right, Frank. I just we did the math there. He, you know, in his previous one hundred fifty, uh, he had one hundred fifty seven points coming into the season, and basically. 307 games. So basically a 41 point pace over a full year. Right. Um, I look at that and I'm like, Hey, this guy's having an unreal year, but I would be, uh, you know, I'd be hesitant to, uh, to want to pay him lots. Like that's just, that's just me. I'd be, uh, I'd be, I'd be leery. I, I, now maybe he's a guy who all of a sudden at, uh, at 26 is really taking a step and that happens, but that's going to be, the I, I think, I think the benefit might be, though, because they have Jack Hughes at that number, 
And, you know, Heronics camp, they might be like, you, you sign anything higher than that, Frank? Like, you're just putting the spotlight so directly on you that now maybe yeah, but the this is the one it. chance in his career, maybe, yeah. to sign a big ticket. Yeah. Well, go to this arbitration, is- right? And then the worst case scenario, you file, you get one year, right? You live with who, it. Who wants that, it. though? No, it's fair. It's bad. It, it, that's just all that does. If you're the Canucks, is it spells the end of his run, more or less. Arbitration almost always does that. Yeah, potentially. And if you've got finally, Quinn Hughes has said this publicly, this is the best player that he's played with, and they're making magic happen. Isn't he just worth his weight in gold? Yeah, I'm still not paying him more in Quinn, Quinn Hughes. No, not, not more, but they're in different spots in their career, though. One is one year, you're buying one RFA year. The other, you bought multiple RFA years. It's a totally different story. They're not apples yeah. to apples. No, not apples to apples, but sometimes there... apples and oranges are still connected. Yeah. No. By what? So, but the fact that they're both fruit. Okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll see. It's, you know what? It's, it's a good problem in a sense because you're having a player that you acquired play great. And then obviously the uh, the contract negotiation, especially with the cap going up four million bucks. Which before we get to Tyler, I want to talk. Uh, you're at the uh, the board of governors meetings, Frank. You're there for a few yeah. days. Anything when you leave there? What's uh, what's your top two or three storylines that you're thinking are, are something that we should all be watching? Well, the cap was just a quick nugget. Eighty-seven seven next year. It's the formula that's in the CBA. The NHL basically telling its board that. They're on track with the projections to get there, that the debt will be repaid off or repaid. And the cap's supposed to go up 5%. So 83 and a half, add 5%. That gets you to 87.7. To me, I thought one of the more interesting things was the fact that the NHL dropped the idea in messaging of, hey, the arena is not even under construction yet in Milan for the 2026 Olympics. It was almost to me like, the NHL was putting it on our radar. Hey, yeah. if we have to pull out at some point because of this, just letting everyone know it's not us. It's, it's Milan. It's the damn Italian construction workers. I can say that. <laughs> um, that's, that, to, that to me, the messaging part of that was like, there's always issues with Olympic construction. Like for the test of time, anytime there's a big event and they're building new venues for it, like it feels like at every World Cup, they're like the workers are still in the stadium as like the national anthems are being played for the first games of the of, to start a tournament. It just feels like that's the nature of getting ready for all this stuff. But so the NHL put that out there. I thought the Olympics part was interesting. They've kind of finally, I think, are all on the same page with the double IHF and the IOC on travel and accommodations and insurance and all the usual sticking points. They don't have anything left to dig at because those have sort of all been solved. So I guess you need something. Um, um, and that the other part is there's a strong undercurrent to suggest that the Arizona Coyotes are down to their last breath in the desert. What do you make of the the report about the land purchase? Is, is it meaningful at all? Well, first off, I'm not, at least in speaking to, to people close to the situation, I'm not entirely sure that 
it's even going to happen. But let's just take them on good faith that they have a parcel of land that the city of Phoenix owns that they're going to purchase. Last time I checked, government doesn't move swiftly. Hmm. So not only do you need to purchase the parcel from the city, yeah. but then you need to go through the permitting process and the planning process to be even able to build the building that you want. That could take another 12 to 18 months just to get through permitting. The NHL wants to know, I think, from the Coyotes, we need a firm shovels-in-ground date. No more messing around. No more, hey, do we have a site? Do we not? And I think they're on the clock. I think it's getting late in the process. And I think the NHL knows that the Coyotes being a revenue suck isn't fair to everyone else. That they've got to, at some point, pull up stakes. And I think, personally, my take on this, and I don't know, I've never asked anyone at the NHL, my thought process is, I think Arizona could be a fine NHL market with the right building. I also think they need a fresh start on the team. The Coyotes come with such baggage. All these different owners, the losing, the rebuilding constantly. I just don't think anyone... You can make a play and try and get in the playoffs this year and try and build up fan support in your market. But if you if, if you have that kind of connection to your market that's so negative i don't know that they can dig out of it even with a new arena i really don't it's a valid question man like you wonder does it is that what's going to uh, ignite well i'll say this frank if all of a sudden you have a competitive team in a new arena then you got a chance because i think that's being overlooked outside of that 2012 cinderella run the coyotes just simply haven't been good and you have fans in teams that, like, even in Canada right now, in certain places, they're not selling out every night, and they have good teams. So I agree with you. I think it's it's a challenge for sure in a market that's had a fan base that's never really, for two decades, had any sort of sustainability on being a competitive team. But Ever. more than that, even if they are competitive, how many people in the market just have a sour taste in their mouth from the last two decades and are like, if I'm going to root for an NHL team, it's not going to be this one. Might be right. Yeah. Uh, although I find lots of fans are forgiving that all of a sudden it's like, oh, it's fun to go to the games again because they're yeah. actually competitive. So that can help a bit. But you've seen right. other markets come back. But I, I just, I think the best play for the Coyotes, and this is purely my personal opinion, is to relocate somewhere else yes. and start fresh in five years with a new franchise. Yeah. Hey, man, I would agree wholeheartedly. Let's bring in uh, Tyler Uremchuk on a Thursday morning. What is up, boys? It is time for another edition of Buy or Sell, delivered by DoorDash, where for a limited time, our Canadian listeners can get 25% off and no delivery fees on their first order of $25 or more when they download the DoorDash app and use the promo code NATION25. Dash that for the win and make DoorDash your holiday hack this holiday season. Uh, let's jump right into things. I got questions about generational talents. You talked about the Oilers being back. You talked about McDavid being back. I want to know what you think he can get to in terms of points this season. He is on pace to finish with roughly 132 this year when you factor in that he's missed a couple of games. But the question for fill in the blank, sorry, is Connor McDavid will finish the season with blank. Jason points. That is it's a really good question, right? Like he's 
Uh, like it's funny, one point five two points a game. Uh, I, I think only uh, Panarin and um, well, Jack Hughes, of course, is killing it. And Kucherov are higher right now, but I will say he's on pace one thirty two. He's I'm on pace for one twenty two. Sorry, I, I did the math. Right. Yeah, one thirty. I, I was going to say one thirty five, yeah. so I will stick with one thirty five. All right, sixty games left, and he's got hmm, sixty games left, and he's got thirty two in the bank. 59, just to be accurate. Yeah. Oh, right. I think there's an outside shot. He can still get to 150. Basically, he needs to go two points a game. Well, considering, Frank, we say 59 games. In the uh, shortened season, he had 105 and 56. So, you know, that would put him at 110 pace, right? Uh, Actually, maybe 110 point pace. So you add that to what he already has. And yeah, you're close. Uh, I, I don't think it's it's create. I don't think it's out of the realm. I mean, I, I think he's closer to 135 than 150, but I I think it's north of 140. Nikita Kucherov. I, I think that's a fair range. Yeah. Look like at I, how bad he's been to start. Yeah. Oh, I know. Had he just played the first 15 games at a normal McDavid pace, we'd be talking about 170. Yeah, he's really. Yeah, McDavid's pretty good, and it's um, it, you know, it's interesting to watch. The guy like that just, you know, kind of kind of gets rolling. You know, he's he's suddenly up to to two points a game over last eleven. And like two points a game in the NHL, man. Like it's it's Wayne Gretzky like numbers. It's it's really ridiculous. Do you think it'll I be still, enough for him to lead the league? Yes. I'd well, be very surprised if he's not leading the league at the end. I think the harder question to answer is from a heart trophy perspective, with how poorly the first quarter of the season went. Was he 25% better than the next closest guy? It's a hard question well, to answer. If you're saying he was banged up, then that'll come into the equation. I think I think for people, well, there's two things at play. Always. There's always emotion involved for voters, and I'm one of the voters, so you try to remove it, but there's going to be some, and some people will look and say, oh, man, they, oh. I think a lot of it, Frank, will be where does Edmonton finish, right? Right or wrongly, and I'm not saying it should be involved in that, but I think that'll play part of it. Um, you know, you look at Jack Hughes's numbers, like Jack Hughes misses games. He comes back and he's picked right up where he left off. Like he's killing it. And so yeah. if Jack Hughes keeps killing it, but you know, where are the devil's going to finish? Same with Tampa Bay, right. And Kucherov. And cause I think those are the obvious ones. I think the Vancouver guys are, are going to cancel each other out. And, you know, ultimately I think Hughes and McCarr are going to have a great race for the, for the Norris trophy and Demko is going to be in for the Vesna, but I don't think you're going to have one of their forwards in for the heart. So, you know, outside of Hughes and Kucherov, do you see anybody else who will be a legit contender? Well, I also think McDavid was well more than 25% better than everyone last year. So is it possible that he still wins the heart? Yeah, I think it is. No. Pasternak probably is going to get a lot. Pasternak of needs more attention. I don't know why we don't talk about him enough. Yeah. What do you think his ceiling is for goals this year? A little bonus fill in the blank. David Pasternak's ceiling is blank, Frank. 65? 65? Yeah. Jay? He's got 14 and 24. Yep. That is a 48 goal pace, but he started out with like 14 in his first 16 or 18. Mm -hmm. It gives a crazy number. Yeah, no one's getting 60 this year. Uh, I'll say 50. You're saying no one gets 60? Wow. Somebody's like somebody's gonna have to go on a real heater to get 60. Someone's gonna get 60. I hope you're right. I love goals, but um 
I think it's uh, it's going to be tough. Now, Kucherov is on pace for 53, right? So I guess he could he could heat up even more, but 60 is on pace for 60. Like, like I know we had um, Matthews has 22 and 16. He's on pace for 59.7. Oh, okay. Yeah. Really? And, well, and not, not, not to be funny, but Zach Hyman is on pace for 58. Okay. Wow. Hyman has 15 and 22, which gets you to 50, sorry, 56, not 58. Still, nonetheless, quite good. Yeah. Wow. I just think 60 is really hard. And I know we've seen it recently, so it, it kind of changes our perspective. But I'm going to go. I think the safe play is no on 60. Uh, just to wrap this up a little bit, our friends at Patano have updated Hart Trophy odds and McDavid's odds are whatever, falling, rising, however you want to say it. Uh, he was plus 400 last week when we did fill in the blank. He's now plus 300. Hughes, Kucherov, Pasternak, all between plus 400 and plus 420 in the Hart Trophy race. Uh, I'm going to that stick- is not something I'm allowed to wager on, but that is a, a probably a pretty worthy bet at four to one. It was. Yeah, when McDavid was four to one, I think you could even get him at plus 450 when the Oilers were really in the shits back in early uh, early November. Um, all right. From one generational talent to another, Connor Bedard continue lo- continues to look more and more comfortable in the NHL. Connor Bedard will finish with blank goals this season. He's on pace for 37.5. Jason, I'll let you go first. Man, all the guys around him were getting hurt, but I, uh, I'm going to say, you said he's on pace for what? 37 and a half. 37. Um, I will say 38. 38 just beats his pace. Frank. I'm going to say 44. Yeah, it's tough when he doesn't have as much help as they were hoping he'd have, right? For maybe going a little higher than 44 and making things interesting. I'm not but- convinced that they won't add something here. Not in a big long-term piece, but just nibbling around to find some more help. Beauvillier trade 2.0? Yeah, something that's not expensive that just provides him a little bit more support. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. Like. Well, the, the only two guys who have scored 40 goals in the, in the cap era are Ovi and Matthews. 52 for Ovi, 40 for Matthews as rookies. So Crosby had 39. Um, you know, I, I could see Bedard kind of around Crosby and Matthews. He's not like Ovi was ridiculous, but um, it's hard, man. Like, and What can I bet you that he will score 40? <laughs> Whatever you what, want. What makes it interesting? Well, I could tell you it would be nothing involving hair. Well, I mean, it's all I got. So if you're going to take that away from me, I might as well just pack it in. But you don't shave your head? No. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's the only thing I have going. So you take that away and I'm in big trouble. Oh, I have to think of one. Maybe we'll th- I'll think of something that maybe will it's palatable and we'll bet it over the weekend. Okay. All right, uh, last one I got for you guys. This one kind of inspired by our friends over at the Puck Pulleys podcast with Stephen Ellis and Matt Larkin, but they were debating who the uh, best goalie tandem in the NHL is. So I'm going to ask you guys this in a different way. If you were starting a franchise from scratch and you could pick any goalie tandem in the league to start with, you would pick blank. Frank? Hmm. I mean, the natural inclination, are we talking like right, you're saying start a franchise and keep going, right? Yeah, and keep going. So it's not necessarily about what you do this year. It's about the future. It's about what you do moving forward. Ooh. 
I'd probably go with, damn, I want to say the Rangers. And I'm like, does Jonathan Quick die at some point? What happens here? How does yeah. this work? Uh, uh, I would say the Canucks. Just Demko and whoever. Demko and DeSmith. Yeah, DeSmith's been great. DeSmith's been great. Like, again, five of the eight trades, of five of the last eight trades. Hey, you got a great backup goalie in the meantime mm-hmm. and moved out a contract in that trade. Like, that, I'd, I'd say the Canucks. Jay? Okay. Uh, I think I'm about the that. Islanders, too. Yeah, they're too old in the Islanders for, for the backup. But uh, I'm going to actually go with Dallas because I have a 24-year-old starter in Jake Ottinger who is uh, who is great, who I, I think is a legit top seven goalie in the league. And uh, Scott Wedgwood can be my backup for three or four years more. Then I can replace him. He's got a good cap hit. He's consistent. He's reliable. I will go with the Stars. The wedge wall. All right, there you go. That is a wrap on this week's edition of Fill in the Blank. It's delivered by DoorDash, groceries, restaurants, more, all delivered right to your door with DoorDash. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. That's a damn good question. And by the way, got to give them some props on the way out. The LA Kings, Cam Talbot, are you kidding me this year? Uh, King, Kings what, a really- what a Kings bet. What a bet. By Rob I Lee. really want to see Frank the Kings and Vegas matched up in a playoff round. Like, you know who else they, wants to see that? Uh, Edmonton and Vancouver. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say those two teams can can go smash in the first or second round, and whoever gets to play them on the end of that. Because honestly, like, look at how those teams are built in the matchups, man. It would be a hell of a a battle. You know, some you got to walk. Kings are huge. Uh, Vegas is no uh, shrinking violet either, and they've got the experience. I would, I would probably from one to twelve. I think I would take the Kings forwards, but I would still take Vegas' defense and still take goaltending. Goaltending too. It's kind, of, it's kind of like you know, Aiden Hill. Sure, he's played great, but their assist, both of them, neither one of those goaltenders, you know, get forced to have to make great save after great save. They still make some for sure, but. Man, that is a that would be an epic battle between the two. And so, you know, if you told me today that the Kings are the best team in the West, I don't, I don't know if I could argue you. No, right now, could you? Yeah, like you, you could make a strong argument why they are, but I don't think there's any clear cut. 
clear best team in the West, but there's, you know, the Kings are right at the top for like, if you say you want to rank LA one and Vegas two and Colorado and however, and, but if you would tell me, well, I want to make Vegas one and LA two, I'd be like, ah, like I can't to me flipping them one, two, it's, it's not enough of an argument where I would, I would be able to find enough to say, no, it's blatantly wrong. Who's one and who's two. It's, it's why I feel pretty good about saying the Pacific was the best division in hockey before the season started. Oh, well, Vancouver's good and, and Edmonton's figured things out. So yeah, you got four pretty solid teams there, no question. Um, you know, obviously San Jose and Anaheim, meh. But in Seattle is Seattle's kind of more what I expected them to mm-hmm. be, to be honest. Like they had a everybody was playing great last year. And uh this year I think it's a little bit more dose of reality for their overall talent pool top to bottom. Yeah. Gonna be interesting. Frankie, uh, before we go. Uh, just remind everybody, go to dailyfaceoff.com for the Wendy's Survivor Pool, where you can win uh, real food with your fantasy uh, team's weekly prizes, including the limited edition chicken strips and French toast sticks. Uh, sometimes the best teammates are the ones you'd least suspect. So sign up today to play the Daily Faceoff Survival Pool. You win all the weekly prizes. As we mentioned, French toast sticks, Freddy's, Frank's favorite, uh, chicken strips. You can do it at the Wendy's, uh, at the Wendy's app as well, but also... $5,000 cash if you can win it at dailyfaceoff.ca. The real question is, Frank, did you make it past Monday? Yes. I don't want to scare anyone, but we started the week with 826 people in the pool. It is Thursday. We are down to 109, and I'm still in the mix. Thursday night, tonight, I got the Avs winning over the Jets. That's my pick. Let's see if I can make it to the fourth and final day of the pool for this week. I got to get some free Wendy's. Ooh, all right. Well, good luck to you and the other 100 people that are still in. So you're in the top 12%, Frank, for the week. It's a win for I, you. This is the first time in four weeks I made it past day one. So I'm I'm very pleased with myself. All right. Uh, well, have a good weekend, and uh, and we will see some interesting storylines uh, coming up. Uh, fun question, Frank. Will we see any sort of trade between now and Monday? Probably not. Probably not. So the Toronto Maple Police will wait a little bit longer, adding angst in Leafs Nation. I love Have it. A good Thanks for listening to the DFO Rundown with Saravali and Gregor. Keep it locked on dailyfaceoff.com and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? 
For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.